0: The Winnow, a very special edition of The Winnow, a podcast about dining in the South and beyond. I'm Robert Moss, the author of Barbecue, the History of an American Institution.
1: And I'm Hannah Raskin, Food Editor at The Post and Courier.
0: We're doing a special bonus edition uh, today uh, of The Winnow. It's the book launch bonus edition uh, because we're uh, launching some new books out to the world. In particular, uh, this is uh, Hannah's latest uh, work, or at least the work you you edited, which is New Charleston Cuisine, 50 Defining Dishes from the Holy City's Top uh, Kitchens. And we've talked about it on, on a previous podcast as it was, it was coming out. But the launch date is coming up officially Wednesday. Uh, and there's a big launch event that is coming up as well. I know that you wanted to talk about. So tell us a little bit. How are we going to send this out to the to the
1: world? Uh, yeah, we're going to celebrate this with a dinner at the rice mill Um serving, I believe, four or five or six dishes out of the book, <laughs> I guess come and find out. Um, and we'll have a number of chefs in attendance as well as other kind of local food folks. Um, one of the nice things we're doing here, or at least I think it's nice. I guess it depends on um on your personality <laughs> slant is that rather than asking our um our chefs to cook they will be Eating with us, so we're gonna do it sort of musical chairs style. So if you're at a table, you'll have one chef for one course, another chef for another. Well,
0: that's a really great idea because yeah, because yeah, usually the kit, the chefs are off running around doing all this kind of stuff, and they come out at the end, or maybe they introduce the dish. But by and large, yeah, they're not. Getting, you don't really getting get to, to
1: talk to them exactly. So yeah. you know, we figured it was time for them as we you know think about self care in this industry. <laughs> we figured it was time to get back and give them a meal. As I've since been told, for a lot of folks in the industry, this is a nightmare to have to talk to people yeah. rather than. To be in the back, but um, <laughs> we have assembled a pretty good group of conversationalists, so I think it's gonna be and, a lot of fun.
0: I don't think it's appropriate. The book itself is a chef-driven chef created book, the all the recipes we contributed by chefs here in Charleston.
1: And, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, it really does represent the you know the diversity of dishes that are available now, and I think it'd be a lot of fun to you know talk to some of these folks about because again their assignment was what captures Charleston right now. Um, maybe not what's the greatest, you know, dish achievement of your career, but what says Charleston now? So I think that really does open. Open up a pathway for conversation. Yeah, so this is truly
0: a snapshot of Charleston dining in 2017. Yeah.
1: 2016, 2016 2017. 2017 yeah, right it took cost. more than a year to yeah.
0: compile, but yeah. we're right there, right in this, this moment. Right. And of course, uh, we have all the, the great dishes from the from the book itself. Uh, but then they wouldn't be to be sort of playing by themselves. So you need some wine to go alongside with that. And so we have with us today uh, Mike Van uh, Mike Van Byra from Bottles, who is uh, uh, collaborating on the dinner and, and, and choosing the wines to go alongside. Thanks, thanks for joining us, Mike. Thanks for having me. And we always like to have you because, as you may be hearing, he's opening a bottle of wine right now. We're going to talk a little bit about the, the pairings that uh, we're going to do uh, for the, uh, the dinner on Wednesday. Well, there's there is a, a good I, th- I was looking at the menu hand I think it's six courses for for the dinner including uh, a dessert and a, a couple of small appetizer courses and some heavier entree courses. We're we're just going to talk about three of them right here uh, and talk about the wine that goes alongside, but both to talk about the dish but also talk about the pairing and, and sort of what goes into picking the right the wine wine. And I will right say that.
1: before we get into the, to the wine pairings itself, it was fun to choose the menu um for this for this meal because as people who buy the book will see, it's organized not by like chicken or beef or organized by you know entree dessert so it, this actually complicated things yeah. somewhat it's it's organized by neighborhood but when you dig into it um you find that it really there there's stuff there for all sorts of different occasions so it was fun to say like okay what are the dishes that are going to appeal to the most number of people um and are going to be able to you know produce in a hundred quantities right <laughs> so i mean some of the like i i didn't think ceviche was going to work for this meal um so yes, yeah, so i think we've put together a pretty good menu
0: well, one of the the first ones not not uh, well, first one we'll start with today is, is pickled shrimp, which is a classic sort of Charleston dish, and uh, the version we have in in the book is actually from Indaco. Is that right? Right. Uh, And that's uh, Kevin (laughs) Getswitz's version uh, of pickled shrimp. And, uh, you know, anyone who's had pickled shrimp, it's going to be very acidic, very bright. It's just a a really – one of my favorite ways, especially if you have a really good fresh shrimp, it's a a great way to prepare it. So, uh, Mike, how do you – Ty, let's start start with that, something really bright and acidic like that. Where do you go on a Yeah, wine you front? can
2: go different different uh, avenues with that. You can, you know, the traditional thing is is do white wine and shrimp and, and that's that's kind of boring to me. <laughs> um, so i am sticking out of the box a little bit and pulled the sparkling wine out. I think you know why why don't we drink more sparkling wine we really should
0: every time i Mm -hmm. never think to do it but every time i'm at a dinner where somebody pairs something with sparkling, i am like that was a great idea right and And
1: also people uh, like sparkling wine so much that even if the pairing is wrong the person will still be happy i feel like like you can't go wrong you really can't
2: you know and and brutes especially are are just super dry and palate cleansing and it's just great for food and we need to you know we should really uh step up And, and i'm i'm Sort of, you know, uh, guilty of not doing it more myself, but uh, it's it's one of those things where you walk in, you know, to the grocery store and you see, you know, sparkling water, sort of, sort yep. of, you know, stacked to the rafters. Why don't we? It's the same concept true, with yeah. wine.
0: I, I'm still in that mode. When I go to the grocery store. I'm just thinking, unless it's like you want to get that crappy bottle for New Year's Eve. You know, it, I just don't think let's well, my, maybe a sparkling would go well with whatever we're serving. Yeah, for, I mean, here, it's you know? it's
2: it's wine. It's, it's wine with bubbles. That's all it is,
1: right? And not. And we were just talking about a champagne event that you and I were both at recently. Can you talk a little bit about how some winemakers are scaling back on the bubble a little bit? There was some discussion of, you know, maybe it's not all about the fizz. Yeah, like a little yeah. bit more about the flavor.
2: Well, there's a movement going on um, with uh, more of the natural wine movement, um, and that that involves, you know, sparkling wine. What gives it the bubbles is is sugar. Um, so, and they call that dosage in champagne and, uh, there's more producers looking at, uh, sort of a, you know, the, uh, not to get too scientific <laughs> here, but, uh, grams per liter is what it comes down to. Um, there's, there's producers that are trying to get down to zero grams per, per liter and that's creating, you know, less sugar means less bubbles. So, um, that's, uh, that's kind of a. Interesting little phenomenon happening. So
0: but if you get to zero grams per liter, is there are there any bubbles or is it
2: is it nothing? There's, there's, there's still, still bubbles. There's still yes. something to make confirmation with just less, yeah, exactly. So.
1: And I until I was at that event I didn't know that the correct term in in, in the wine industry is atmosphere.
2: Oh, yeah. Which right.
1: I love. What a great term. That yeah. refers to the, just the, the pressure, you know, yeah.
2: obviously. It's... That was a geeky little tasting that went yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, right. shall we? Yeah, let's begin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we we'll got – the... this is a, a, a
0: sparkling brute. And...
2: Yeah, this is cool stuff. So in my mind, this is uh, one of the great values out there for sparkling wine. Um, it actually comes from Spain. It's called uh, Reventos. And uh, some people uh, know sparkling wine in Spain as cava, um, these particular folks actually, um, don't want to be called Cava. Matter of fact, they <laughs> delisted themselves from the DO of Spain. Um, and they're actually, um, they're calling it where, uh, the, the valley that they're, they're from. Uh, so it's, uh, Caca del Rio is, is sort of the new classification, uh, of this, uh, of this, uh, sparkling wine. And it is. Sensational. So it's a brute, it's dry.
0: It is. It's just so pleasing that those bubbles sort of fizzing on your tongue. Yeah, it, it, you make a point there. You go everyone's drinking sparkling whatever these days. Not not sodas necessarily, but sparkling waters with various flavors. Yeah. Surprised it hasn't carried over more into the to the wine people are drinking as well, but maybe maybe that's the next big thing.
1: Well, I wonder if the concern and and part of the consumer, and you would know better than I, is that you got to finish the thing, right? I mean, it's not mm-hmm. you, even if you're not supposed to save red wine for another day, people do. I certainly do. You know, and it's like. You're not gonna. I, I remember growing up, and I'm sure they still do this. My parents used to buy when you could only buy like Pepsi in a glass bottle, mm-hmm. and they had that little plug you put in the top. <laughs> like, yeah, those, I remember those. You know, yeah, right, there's or they have all the sorts plastic of plastic cap yeah. for a, a Coke can or whatever, and it, I, I, there's just. And as we know in the wine world, there's a million things they're supposed to close Silver your bottles
0: and all these things. None yeah, of that apparently works. But it works. doesn't work. Yep. So I,
1: I just wonder if that's some of the reluctance. It wouldn't be
0: for me, but to you know, the you know, long as you have at least one other person there finishing a bottle, should be too too much of a
1: challenge.
2: That's a good point.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it could
0: be. Yeah, I don't know. I was reading about the history of it recently, and um, I think it's very sad that actually, like, apparently, through most of history, uh, sparkling wine was considered bad. Oh, it like, was they, like a They flaw. thought they thought it was
2: a mistake. Yeah. Right. Right. I think it happened by accident, actually. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, I that up. all yeah. the
0: great things too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm just sitting here. Comparing that with it has of an apple some apple notes to it. I think that would go really sure. well with, with pickled shrimp. And I yeah. think that's definitely one that next time I'm more on a on a shrimp, especially some kind of citrusy type dish, that that that's a sparkling white would be
2: a great option. I mean, for for twenty bucks, it's it's a deal for it's, what it is. So retail, that is. So, yeah, yeah, it's
1: really. I said it's the the nose is kind of floral, and I think about like the peppercorns that usually find their way into pickled shrimp. Well, that's it. Really,
0: pickled shrimp has so many wonderful herbs right. and flavors that you want, you want something that's going to balance that right. and, and
2: clean it up a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, well, so let's up now. Let's go a little more on the heavier end, which is the bourbon glazed pork shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I'm flipping through the book here. This I can't find it because it's it's organized, by, <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: organized by geography. There is an index in the back. That that's, was that's like, actually what I'm doing. The, the last edition. It's very. I will say while helpful. you're looking for it for more okay. details, it was provided by Jeremiah Bacon at the Macintosh.
0: Yeah, this, uh, uh, and Jeremiah at, at Macintosh just makes such wonderful. I mean, known for fish and and but he's so good on 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 all the the meats and everything else as well.
1: Absolutely, and I think I mean I I, I don't have a computer in front of me, so I can't fact check this, but this may have been one of his last contributions as executive chef of the Macintosh. He has now handed over that title. Yeah,
0: that's the interesting thing already. This is a it, book is a time capsule because yep. uh, we'll talk about another in a moment. It's other things have changed since uh, you were working on this. So,
1: you know, it was a real issue as we looked at the book and it, it, I address this in the foreword to it, which is that some of those chefs are no longer at those restaurants. And certainly the restaurants were not thrilled. They're like, you know, we got rid of that guy for a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> not no, 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 no. Excuse me. Not uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah, he, Jeremiah remains a partner. Yep, he's, he's a partner, a
0: chef yep, owner, yep, So, yep. but he. Is. That has recently uh, promoted the <laughs> new uh, executive chef. For, but there are
1: other uh, pairings of restaurants and people that I think those in the industry are kind of going to.
0: So this is a bourbon glazed pork shoulder and it gets a sorbent bacon glaze. So it's going to be a very thick, sweet. Kind of, kind of, I think well, a heavy type, type mm-hmm. of a course, you mm-hmm. know, from, from a lot fatty. of fatty, a yep. lot of, lot of sweetness, and um, and I say that in all the best, <laughs> all the best yeah, yeah. ways. <laughs> um, so it's gonna be quite different, I think, than pickled shrimp or something light and floral like that. So what are you going with to, to pair with that that pork shoulder?
2: Well, this is another one of those things where you can use different things, uh, different varietals. You can you can do a heavier white. Um, you know, such as uh, sort of a New World shard or something like that that has a little more acid mm-hmm. to it. Or you can go red. I mean the classic the classic match would be Pinot Noir, uh, New World Pinot, or you can you can use a burgundy as well. But um, I chose this uh, appropriately. Um, a Sonoma uh, Coast Pinot Noir called Pip P I P. Sort of sweet glaze and <laughs> Yeah, this is it's pipped. not too so heavy I like the oh, yeah.
0: uh, the it's uh, the uh, the label's very simple PIP just three letters and a nice script and then it's like a little it's yeah. like a file like a yeah. like a wood a wood file uh, that that's that's on there as their logo very very simple
1: and of course this is a good time to be supporting Sonoma County yes yes. Indeed. hit by wildfires so even if you're not inclined to enjoy California wine you, you may want to revisit that feeling right now
2: well Hannah I'm glad you brought that up because yep. we shameless plug here we, um, <laughs> we are actually donating um, our Profits, ten percent of our profits from about twenty-five different wines from Sonoma and Napa through uh, November first, and just to help our friends out, out on uh, in that side of the world. So yeah, there's been a lot of devastation and homeless folks, and we're yeah trying to help out as much as we can. Yep,
1: I mean that is there a major industry employs a ton of people um, who are you know could be out of a job. So yep.
0: All right, so while we
1: pour the pip. Yeah, I mean I think that's great for any kind of pork, and it's not I think as you said it's not too heavy. I almost feel like, yeah, any kind of meat coming off the grill, anything with smoke would be nice. with.
0: Uh, yeah, that's always pork's one of those ones where you, you really sort of straddle the white and the red, and which way do you go? And I think going to the Pinot Noir is always a great mm-hmm. great match, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. something like this. This is going to be a, a, with a bourbon bacon glaze. It's going to be smoky. It's going to be sweet. Yeah. You know, it's going to be – you need something to cut through it. Right. Uh, Maybe a sparkling
1: rosé. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah, this has a nice finesse to it, and, you know, it has that sort of – if you get sort of a like sort of a wild herby thing mm-hmm. going on in this mm-hmm. as well in the back end which I think it would match up with well uh, with, with the with the pork
0: I definitely like that the finish on it is great and it is sort of I don't know, you always use the same words jammy or whatever but it has that sort of berry and herbs at mm-hmm. the end which I do think would be a perfect perfect match of the big big
1: right big but shoulder. not being that kind of fruit bomb that when people no. think California no. I mean it's not it's very restrained yeah is it's is not a, it's not up front mm-hmm. it's on the right. end. And so the last one
0: mm-hmm. I think we're going to take a look at, go back to an appetizer course. This is an interesting one, and in, in, in sp- talking about sort of the book as a time capsule, <laughs> this is one of my favorite dishes from the now-departed uh, Artisan Meat Share, which uh, Craig Deal and Bob Cook uh, put together. They, they shut down a little, a little while ago, um, and this is one of those dishes that I think they originally put in the menu just for like, just you know, they are always switching the menu up. It was so popular, it became a mainstay. It was on the menu, and now they're gone. But fortunately, we've got the recipe. Uh, Bob Bob Cook has since moved moved over to Edmonds, Oast, Where, by the way, I was have been over there. I was over there the other day. He's doing this bar menu over there. That's just incredible. It's a happy hour menu from four thirty to six thirty.
1: And it changes, it all, the changes time. all the time, all the time, and
0: everything's four bucks. Yep. so like these little sandwiches wow. and little mini burgers and stuff like that, and for four dollars, they're, they're incredible. Each, each it's like this, the right size for me. each one's like a really intense bite, and so
1: right. And to be, I mean, what we're talking about today, Edmondsos has a great wine menu, and mm-hmm. it's they've got you know wines on happy hour as well. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a great way to kind of dive into what they're doing over there.
0: Yeah, it's an excellent way and you can just drop in. Know, between 4.30 and 6.30 and yeah. grab something quick at the bar. Yep. It's it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. But uh, I think it, this goes back with the, the pea and, and peanut salad, which is two combinations. And the peanuts here are roasted peanuts, so they're hard roasted. And then it is, it's sort of like green you know, English peas. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's an interesting combination because you got sort of the soft, sweet peas and you got that crunchy roasted peanuts and then a whole bunch of other good good stuff in it. I think it's sort of a green goddess dressing that's (laughs) dressed in. So to me, there's a lot happening there between like radishes and the peas and... uh, all kinds of other stuff. Mike
1: Yeah, uh, no, I just want to say it's such a cool dish that people who know Bob Cook he works very much in kind of the Asian idiom. And yeah. so I think there is that overlap with the greens and the peanuts all in the same place, but it's again Exactly,
0: looking at this recipe is great cuz I'm always wondering what all is in there. has <laughs> <laughs> got, you know, it's got uh, all sorts of herbs like Chives, tarragon, and basil, but then chopped anchovy, which you know just was going to give like wonderful delicious base to everything. Uh, but there definitely is a lot of different flavors. Right, the more you put in, in the harder in it is on, on Mike. So like, what did we what do?
1: do? <laughs> what
2: do you do with the dish like this? That? Is we're throwing darts. at this
1: <laughs> Sparkling can't save you. Well, there's so yeah. many things
2: you're bound to match with one of them. Right? Yeah, right, right. Um Peas and peanuts don't. Not really the, the best <laughs> wine matchup here, but um, interesting dish. Uh, I think, you know, overall, we're going to look for something that cleans the palate, is um, a little bit higher acid, and maybe has some viscosity to it. And again, we're thinking out of the box here. This is um, this is kind of cool stuff here. Uh, it's, from the, it's from France. Uh, it's from the Jurensan, okay, which is mm-hmm. southwest France, right. beautiful part of the country. And uh, they make... They make a varietal called Gros mansang and uh, it tends to be a little nutty. Mm-hmm. So, oh, you know, that's great! That's one I will never. Oh, that's remember, so good! That's so good! Very. And this is yeah.
1: this is like a cool thing to drink, right? Isn't that a region where like. <laughs> If you're pretty you hip. Red if in you're
2: regular red. Uh, no, I, you know, I think it's Actually, kind of still, undiscovered. Maybe that. Um, okay. Well,
1: that's cool. No, yeah.
2: Still the
0: color, of
2: it is. It looks a little aged. It, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's, a, it's a current vintage. So I think it's 15. Um, uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's cool stuff. It has some viscosity to it, and it has you get a little bit of that nuttiness that's to it.
0: Great, definitely nuttiness. Now I, I wish I had a, a bowl of the peanut peanut, peanut peanut salad on me to try side by side. But I guess yeah. I have to come to the dinner Wednesday night and see how it how it <laughs> works in practice. <laughs> right. But um. That's
2: a wonderful hmm. wine. Now, this uh, this particular region is more known for their sweet wine, but this mm-hmm. is obviously dry. So yeah, uh, jernsan Sec.
0: Yeah, I love those those kind of whites that are you know dry like that, but yeah. not but that have body to them. It's not like I wouldn't call this one crisp at all. You know, it's a it's more of a I know. I yeah. guess you say the viscosity on your It has
2: a color. richer mouthfeel yeah. to it. it yeah. yeah, I
0: mean,
1: it's almost oily. It's yeah. really yeah. It's unique. It, yeah, it has that sort of citrus oil. Uh, yeah, it's cool. It's really cool.
0: All right. Well, these are just a couple of the wines. And then right. we have a few others that you're, you've got teed up for Wednesday night. Uh, so once again, Hannah, when's, what's the details on that and how can people get Thank tickets that? Thank you for asking.
1: Um, so if you go to um, postandcourier.com, you should be able to get there from there. Um, so we tickets are $150. They include a copy of the book, all four courses, cocktail hour, time with the chef um, – Love to see y'all there. So maybe, you right.
0: know. Come on out and see how these, these pairings taste in, in, uh, in practice. And if you
1: don't want to do that, you can also get online uh, and order the book, which is also available at various yeah. booksellers. And
0: I'm holding a copy here. It is definitely a, a both a, an attractive book, well put together. But then just looking at the recipes, I was like, half of my favorite recipes from Charleston are here. So <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to going home and giving a, uh, giving a couple of these a, a shot. Yeah, there's some
1: cool stuff in there. I mean, one of the ideas was to put that book out so folks who are, don't have the luxury of coming to Charleston can sort of experience it at home. Home, um, you know, it's got the ordinary smoked oysters. I mean, really, people parted with really great stuff. You know, Sean's uh, Sean Brock's Benet salsa. I mean, stuff that you know they're uh, not, they're not secret recipes. Are, no, no, the no, kitchen no, 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 no. These are like you know yep. hits, so. and
0: definitely so a little taste of 2016 and 17 in, in, in Charleston. <laughs> and go. Mike, thanks, uh, Mike from Bottles. Thanks for joining us again um, and, and bringing us some, some tasty wine to enjoy.
1: Yeah, thank you, thank you. That is all for this edition of The Winnow. We recorded today's episode in the published podcasting <laughs> studios at the Post and Courier building in downtown Charleston, South Carolina. If you enjoyed listening to The Winnow, please help other listeners find us too. Just go to iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you download your podcasts and like us or leave a rating. The Winnow is a production of The Post and Courier and Palmetto New Media. Our producer today was the sick. Amory Parker, <laughs> feel yeah, better Emory. Yeah, yeah Avery has a bit of a cold. <laughs> yeah. A little bit, yeah. Our, our theme music is by the Bluestone Ramblers. Until next time, I'm Robert Moss. And I'm Hannah Raskin. Now get out there and eat.